0: Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Suffering for Doing Good Part 1. I am Pastor John welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self study people as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Welcome to our extended summer series titled, What We Need to Know or Reaffirm. Our summer series is sourced in 1st and 2nd Peter. Last week, in our episode titled, Wives and Husbands, Part 2, October 4th, we examined 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 5-7. through 7. Peter continued to speak about wives being submissive to their husbands. We saw better how his words have been taken out of context with regard to the full meaning of what Peter actually wrote. Proverbs 31, verses 10-31 through 31, speaks of a woman. It speaks of the many things a woman does regardless of the times one lives in. Last week, we found how Peter's words exemplified that for better understanding. These are things Peter had knowledge of in his mind and heart. Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible, public domain, told us, The husband's duty to the wife implies giving due respect unto her and maintaining her. What? maintaining her authority, protecting her, and placing trust in her. They are heirs together of all the blessings of this life and that which is to come and should live peaceably one with another. This week, Scripture reads, Finally, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, affectionate, compassionate, and humble. Do not return evil for evil or insult for insult, but instead bless others because you were called to inherit a blessing. For the one who wants to love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from uttering deceit. And he must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord's face is against those who do evil. For who is going to harm you if you are devoted to what is good? But in fact, If you happen to suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed, but do not be terrified of them or be shaken. But set Christ apart as Lord in your hearts and always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks about the hope you possess. Yet do it with courtesy and respect, keeping a good conscience so that those who slander your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame when they accuse you for it is better to suffer for doing good if god wills it than for doing evil while we will come to it you still should have noticed what verse 17 said for it is better to suffer for doing good if god Wills it than for doing evil. It is better to suffer for doing good. What is up with that? Stay with us and we will find out. So, starting at the beginning, verse 8 opens strong as it says, Finally, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, affectionate, compassionate, and humble notice how peter is speaking to everyone he said all of you not some specific group of people but to all people he tells us to do five things one be harmonious two be sympathetic three be affectionate four be compassionate five be humble. Then in verse 9, Peter seems to flip the coin over to the other side by telling us, Do not return evil for evil or insult for insult, but instead bless others because you were called to inherit a blessing. There is the bottom line. The previous five items are the means to this end. So. Inherit a blessing? What blessing? Are we not already blessed if we are in Christ? In other words, saved by Christ? Let us dig deeper to get some deeper understanding of what Peter is telling us. Sympathizing, rejoicing, and sorrowing together. Love all believers as brethren. Be compassionate toward the afflicted courteous to all men. That means all mankind, folks, men and women. Continuing, Courtesy is such a behavior toward equals and inferiors as shows respect mixed with love. From John Wesley's Notes on the Bible. Wow! Courtesy is a behavior Toward equals and inferiors, as shows respect mixed with love? Somehow, courtesy and love mixed is something we are to pursue as a form of courtesy. Seriously? Yes, this is what Peter is telling us to aspire to. Not only rejoicing and sorrowing together, not only loving all believers as brothers and sisters in Christ, brethren, not only being compassionate toward the afflicted, but showing courtesy to who? All men and women. How? By being of courteous behavior toward our equals and who? Our inferiors showing them both respect mixed with love. To be very clear, the usage of the word inferiors does not mean the same as it first implies today. What inferiors meant when it was more in vogue and used by John Wesley in his commentary is properly, as used here in Scripture, meaning... Low or lower in station, rank, degree, or grade, often followed by two. Low or lower in place or position, closer to the bottom or base. Of comparatively low grade or in quality, substandard. A person inferior to another or others, as in rank or merit. From the Free Dictionary by Farlex. So, when talking of people, as John Wesley's commentary is doing here, we are more correctly speaking of people who thwart and rebuff us when we share our faith. They prefer a lower form of life that is found in sinning and even in the pleasure of a sinful life. Let us face it, some people are sinners, They know they are sinners by full, unabashed verbal announcement and are very happy to live this way. These are those in commentary that John Wesley is referring to when he calls some people inferiors. Again, a word better understood in John Wesley's day than today as the social meaning of inferiors bears a very different meaning and connotation in its modern-day use. To give a better wording of this verse, the Bible in Worldwide English reads, Here is one thing more. You must all agree. You must care when others have trouble. You must love your Christian brothers. You must be kind. You must not be proud. That reads very different from our source scripture passage found in the New English Translation Free Version. It also puts more of the emphasis and work on us as it directs us to not be proud even though this is put out to all who will hear. Verse 9 reads, Do not return evil for evil or insult for insult, but instead bless others because you were called to inherit a blessing. Please note that some of your Bibles will use railing for railing instead of insult for insult in this verse. The Free Dictionary by Farlex defines railing. Harsh, often insulting language. From Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English, it further means, clamoring with insulting language, uttering reproachful words, expressing reproach, insulting, as a railing accusation, as a noun, reproachful or insolent language. And this is how the word is used here in First Peter chapter 3 in verse 9, as a noun. This is why today we better understand in. Salt for insult, instead of some translations that use railing for railing. Now, with all that, just what are these two verses telling us? Unity, both in the family and in the church, being essentially necessary to peace and salvation. Having compassion, being sympathetic, feeling for each other, bearing each other's burdens, love as brethren be lovers of the brethren tender-hearted let your seat of gentler emotions your seat of kindness tenderness and compassion yearn over the distressed and afflicted courteous be friendly-minded acquire and cultivate a friendly disposition be humble-minded from adam clark's 1810 1825 Commentary and Critical Notes on the Bible. We are descendants from whatever rank or distinction we obtain or inherit in the course of our life. We are to recede from our rights or claims by yielding or descending from our rank, distinction, rights, or claims. This is how one humbles oneself. In all of this, we are to be courteous, and obliging to others, saved in Christ, or not. If we who are saved in Christ acted this way toward all others in our life, how would things look from that vantage point? How would others look at us? How would others receive our witness to them if we looked more like we really own our salvation ourselves? would there be benefit that others can plainly see and want? I think this course of study has already answered those questions. So, the bottom line is, do we want a free ride to heaven without the work, or do we want more than the words we have to be a witness to others? Now, remember, again, verse 9 reads, do not return evil for evil or insult for insult, but instead bless others because you were called to inherit a blessing. That inheritance of a blessing is our eternal life in heaven to come for starters. Not rendering evil for evil, purposing, saying, doing nothing, but good and invariably returning good for evil. Ye are there unto called. This is your calling, your business in life, to do good and to do good for evil, and to implore God's blessing even on your worst enemies. And this is not only your duty, but your interest, for in so doing, you shall obtain God's blessing, even life forevermore. From Adam Clark's 1810-1825 Commentary and Critical Notes on the Bible. Knowing that you were called to be Christians in order that you should obtain a blessing infinite and eternal in the heavens, expecting such a blessing yourselves, you should be ready to scatter blessings on all others. You should be ready to bear all their reproaches and even to wish them well. The hope of eternal life should make your minds calm and the prospect that you are to be so exalted in heaven should fill your hearts with benignity and love. Cherishing such a hope ourselves We cannot but wish that all others may share it, and this will lead us to wish for them every blessing. A man who has a hope of heaven should abound in every virtue and show that he is a sincere well-wisher. Why should one who expects soon to be in heaven harbor malice in his bosom? From Barnes New Testament Notes I think we can see that doing good when evil is returned for doing good is our calling and business in this life. Adam Clark made an extremely strong statement when he said, Implore God's blessing even on your worst enemies. That's plural, folks. This is greatly supported in Scripture in other places of the Bible. If we are to be like Christ, is this not very much like him? This is amplified by Adam Clark's last statement. And this is not only your duty, but your interest. For in so doing, you shall obtain God's blessing, even life forevermore. Now, notice this in closing. Barnes' New Testament notes said, Knowing that you are called to be a Christian in order that you should obtain a blessing, infinite and eternal, in the heavens. As God's children here and now, we are already blessed. Yet, our commentary passage here seems to be reminding us of a blessing yet to come, that is infinite and eternal. It is also possible we are in this blessing right now in its infancy here in this life. I should also point out that is some blessing if it takes two strong words as infinite and eternal to describe it. If we are expecting such a blessing then there is something we should be doing in the here and now. There are three things. One, you should be ready to scatter blessings on all others. Two, you should be ready to bear all their reproaches. Three, you should even wish them well. Number one is fairly easy for us to do even today. However. Items 2 and 3 is where the rubber meets the road, and things get real tough for us to do, regardless of where we live. Some places on God's green earth are more difficult than others for us to properly and honestly do items 2 and 3. Nonetheless, there are some places where bearing all their reproaches and wishing them well is extremely difficult to do because of the imposed pressure on us. How can one do this where evil people are involved? It also goes very much against the grain of modern humanity at the very least. If nowhere else, here in America. Yet, this is one of the issues of our times we need to get a grip on. Notice this comment from Commentary. The hope of eternal life should make your minds calm and the prospect that you are to be exalted in heaven should fill your hearts with benignity and love. If you do not know the meaning of the word benignity, let's read that verse with the meaning of benignity inserted. The hope of eternal life should make your minds calm, and the prospect that you are to be so exalted in heaven should fill your hearts with a favorable attitude, a quality of being kind and gentle, and love. So, our hearts should be filled with a favorable attitude, a quality of being kind, a quality of being gentle, and also with love. These four things are a requirement for us to be able to properly execute the three observations I previously mentioned. These qualities will make executing items two and three easier with respect to our execution. These qualities have to be the foundation those three aforementioned tasks are built on. Barnes also said, Cherishing such a hope ourselves, we cannot but wish that all others may share it and this will lead us to wish for them every blessing. This should fill our hearts. It is yet another means of how we can bear up under all reproaches and why we should wish them well who reproach us. I will leave you with this from Barnes' commentary. Why should one who expects soon to be in heaven harbor malice in his bosom. Next week, our episode is titled Suffering for Doing Good, Part 2. We will examine 1 Peter to more completely understand why one has to suffer for doing good. That seems to be a conflicting statement. Next week, we will continue to sort this out. Play or download next week's episode from one of our podcast hosts or Follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. This study podcast is a wholly self funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all electronic Boston based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled How to be Saved at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled Introduction About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, our vision, our ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. If you would rather search for us, please use the search phrase, Church of the Un- insert dash symbol, churched, to find us on a podcast platform you like. Note, please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now, may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.